After a flurry of commitments in June, recruiting cooled off for Carolina football in July, but now in mid-August, there are multiple recruits committing today and in the days ahead. Are any of them going to be Tar Heels? John Garcia Jr. is here today to help us figure that out. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Fro Friday, August 19th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts so you can subscribe right now so that you don't miss a single episode of the only daily North Carolina show out there. For those of you watching, please also smash the like button and would love to hear your comments as we go throughout these conversations today. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's great to be joined today on Locked on Tar Heels by John Garcia Jr., Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting. And I want to remind you that all of our recruiting segments are brought to you by LinkedIn. And we'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college recruiting sponsor across the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, John, it is a busy commitment day today on Friday, August 19th. We've got uh, two guys that Carolina's in the mix for committing, and uh, another one we're going to talk about that might, depending on what we learn today, uh, have some effect on what happens with this other commit we're going to talk about. Lots of generalities I'm spewing off there, so let's get (laughs) into specifics, first of which is Kevin Concepcion. I've been liking to say it that way just because it sounds fancy. And so, you know, when we look at this, two of these guys we're going to talk about today are wide receivers. And Carolina already has two wide receivers, Christian Hamilton and Chris Culliver, in this class. And so we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, let's start with KC. What do you see from him and what do you think he will ultimately do? Yeah, this is a fascinating recruit and recruitment uh, to track. Uh, Concepcion brings a lot of versatility to the wide receiver spot. He's He's got some polish. I think he can put some routes together. But then he's also got this kind of, you know, physicality and, and top end speed that makes him a threat to, to go the distance at any given point. Uh, so I do like that kind of three-level uh, impact in his game. He could be a possession guy. He could be considered a speed guy or a counter player who kind of jumps in and out of each of those roles. So you could see why his recruitment has become uh, a little bit more hectic here over the last few months. And and I think that's where we're still at, you know, North Carolina, North Carolina state. I think the Wolfpack had the buzz early, uh, certainly yeah. in the spring into the summer months. But since that point, it seems much closer to, to a coin flip, almost 50-50 between the programs, so much so that KC had two visits to take at the very end of July, right before the dead period kicked back in, yeah. and he took visits to both schools. He was like, I had to go back to both <laughs> once again. So it, it's that close in, in this conversation, and I think in between those two visits, those return visits to, to Chapel Hill and to Raleigh, 
it's just been a whole lot of sitting back and trying to split the hairs between these two programs. He has good relationships with both wide receivers coaches. Both head coaches have gotten involved in this recruitment as well. He's another kid uh, who who could fit kind of at both schools. So I think it's going to be really, really close. And, and this is becoming something we talk about a lot, right? UNC versus NC State, two <laughs> programs that have dominated the, the recruiting within state lines. And no disrespect to Wake or, or Duke in that regard. Uh, but really, that's where the conversation has started. So I think this is going to be another one of those that we start to sort of judge you know, who's who's got the momentum between interesting state powers, because this is a true head to head battle that, you know, Carolina has absolutely made up ground for over the last few months. I think that last official visit and that positioning was really big for UNC getting that last trip and then getting the return trip uh, there before the dead period kicked in on August 1st. Equally as big. I know Mac Brown specifically spent time with KC uh, before he was able to get back uh, out of town. So, yeah. I think it's really close, almost too close to call. You feel better about Billups, so I know we'll talk about it here in a second. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's really, really tight at, at this point, and, and you start to wonder with those two receivers committed, is there room for four? Uh, that could maybe factor in at, at the 11th hour, especially because all these kids are committing right around the same time. Exactly. Man, it's so interesting. Just the math, the calculus of it all is always so interesting. Um, just one quick aside, uh, is there any possibility that a third school sneaks in here or just especially given the return trips, like it's it's UNC, it's NC State, and nobody else is breaking those barriers? Yeah, those were the last two officials and last two unofficials that he took. So it feels like it's really those two uh, unless he pushes things back, which we've seen happen, of course, and another school gets involved and throws a wrench into the conversation. But if if he stays on the plan of, of making that mid-August commitment, I think he's, he's going to be at, at one of these two ACC programs for sure. Okay. And, I mean, as a Carolina uh, podcast, you have to like – him being able to look and see what's happening now with somebody like Josh Downs, who can do all of those things that you just talked about in Casey's game. Um, how how often does that factor into, hey, I see myself in this guy that's there doing it right now, and I want to be the next that dude? Oh, 100%, Isaac. I mean, that's something that is is the easiest thing to sell. It, it's harder to say, we don't have this, but we want you to become this than it is to say, hey, look, you see this guy right here? You know, hey, let's bring him <laughs> up after practice. Uh, he, You could be him. You could be him in two years. You could be him in three years and look what he's about to do, you know, this season, NFL draft, all that fun stuff. It, it's so much easier to put uh, a human into that role. And then you start <laughs> to allow Josh to be an extension of the coaching staff and kind of explain, hey, you know, when I was in your shoes, I was a similar player, X, Y, Z. It's a lot easier to sell it when it is already – there or presently there right it's easier to sell it with with a current student versus saying hey man let me tell you about akeem nicks back in the day this was the guy that <laughs> yeah. you know that it's a, a harder sell because now these kids got to get on youtube and try to figure out who these players are when, when he's there in the flesh uh, that, that's about as a one-to-one -one a sell as, as you can make in recruiting and certainly it makes uh mac brown's job a little bit easier yeah, man, that's so interesting. Well, John, let me let me hold your feet to the fire a little bit, although, you know, obviously we won't take this to school. If you had to make a prediction on whether he winds up in Raleigh or Chapel Hill, what do you think for KC? Whew. I think a week ago I'd said Raleigh for sure. Uh, the return trip at the end of the dead period does make me pause in that front just a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, but now there's time in between that that trip and and the decision. So sometimes it does break back to that original trend. So I think thirty thousand feet up, I'd probably lean NC State. But man, okay. it's so it's so very close. Uh, per the kid, this isn't even speculation. Per the kid, it is this close. So it really could flip flop either way. And it also kind of makes me wonder: is the verbal commitment date the end of this recruitment? Right. Mm. You know, how does that play out, especially when this kid is well traveled, has been to both schools so many times? If he picks NC State, does he pop into a UNC game? Or conversely, if he picks NC, uh, UNC, does he go visit Raleigh, you know, during the season and check out one of their games there? That that could be something to keep an eye on, because there's been a lot of fluidity with Carolina's wide receiver recruiting in this cycle. Right. Big targets, hits, misses, momentum, certainly in early July when, when the two current commitment commitments jumped on board. I do think that there's been some fluctuations. So, yeah, you got to keep an eye on the the long term with these guys okay. as well. But it, it's that close with KC, no okay. doubt. And that's great insight, John. Yeah, that's something, uh, folks, we always need to keep in mind. Yes, there's the verbal commitment, but until he signs on the dotted line, it ain't over. And in this day and era of transfer, uh, it's just, it's a whole thing. It's never All right. over, right? It's <laughs> never over. And it's never over, never over until you exhaust your uh your ability to play or you go to the draft like it's never ever over now carolina has another wide receiver there in the mix for who john referenced just a minute ago who's committing next wednesday so how will kc's commitment play into that and where will he ultimately land ah we're talking about that in just a minute after i tell you about bet online betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's also reviews and news from every league, including MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info, including things like live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. So head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so we've talked about Kevin Concepcion, who's committing today. If you're watching this later on Friday, he might have already done so and you already know the deal. But uh, somebody you don't know about yet is Paul Billups. As we've already said, Carolina has two wide receiver verbals in this class, Hamilton and Culliver. Who knows what happens with Concepcion, and then that might play into what happens on Wednesday when Paul Billups is committing. So before we get to his commitment, John, tell us about Paul Billups and his game. Really like this receiver uh, coming out of Virginia Western Branch, which is, yes, the same school as Dre Bly. Let's get that out of the way on the front end. Um, this is a, a smooth, fast wide receiver. This is a, a very fun prospect to watch maybe has some room to go to round out his game. Like we talked about with Concepcion, but I think with Billups, you're getting a lot of raw torque and some smoothness mm -hmm. in his game. There's just some subtle movement skills that he has that really helps him to excel in the open field. It's why he's a great kick returner and punt returner. And one of these receivers that you can just kind of throw a screen to and, and let him go to work, let him go thereafter. <laughs> right. So the body control, the instincts are, are really off the charts in this regard. He's got good size to him there as well so i think he's another guy that absolutely fits what we have already seen from that north carolina perspective and and even though he's got room to grow physically and grow technically in his game 
I like his floor and foundation. He can absolutely run. Again, it's there's some grace in how he moves mm-hmm. on top of that, which is always going to keep you advantageous in the open field. So there's there's a lot to like about the big playability of uh, Mr. Billups. I love that. So he's a yak monster. He can yes. uh, play in the return game. You love that that uh, capability to do multiple things, the versatility. But some of those uh, technical deficiencies at this point, what are, what are the some of the specific areas he does still need to grow in? Well, I will give him some credit. You know, his high school doesn't ask him to polish up on the route tree as much as some others may, you know, because they know his skill set and they're like, hey, Let's get the ball in his hands right now and, and let him go from there. Um, but I do think, yeah, from from a route running standpoint, I think some of the footwork and some of the leverage discipline that that the best receivers have is something that he could look towards improving in his own game. Again, I think as he fills out physically, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how that works and if he could bring a physical element to his game because he's certainly a little bit more finesse uh, at this point uh, but again the ball skills are good there the, certainly the after yards after catch ability is, is is one of the best in the region uh, as well so there's a lot to work with in that regard we, we've seen uh, programs you know put this thing together with a guy who has less traits than bill up so it's, it's not something you know to be extremely worried about at this stage but yeah there's always room to improve physically and technically in this case Love that. Okay, so then let's move to his commitment, which is happening on Wednesday, August 24th. It sounds like there's three schools in the mix. How's that shaking out? How are you seeing this one, John? I, I know there's three, but it's it's felt like Carolina for some time here. Really, I, I think, like we said with KC, where NC State had that spring into early summer buzz, and then now Carolina has combated that. I think with Billups, it's – Carolina's had that early spring and summer buzz, but no one's been able to to really catch up in that regard. I know uh, Virginia Tech, a couple other schools have, have tried to make runs at him. He's a Virginia kid, so you understand that, right. certainly. But really, this has felt like Carolina's race to lose for, for quite some time, and, and I expect this to be a much, I guess, more calm uh, commitment to watch for <laughs> Carolina fans compared to KC and some of these others that are coming up because I think this has been Carolina's race to lose for, for quite some time. Uh, he's taken the visits. Uh, I believe it was Carolina that got his last visit there as well, which is always important in the summer visit calendar. So yeah, I think there really hasn't been anything to push back on the thought that Carolina was going to be the team to beat in this recruitment, especially once he set that verbal commitment date. Now, if it had moved or anything like that, maybe that's an indicator that other schools are gaining some ground, but I really see this one is is coming up Carolina blue without a whole lot of drama. Stranger things that I mean, these are teenagers. Sure, Strange things sure, happen, but sure. I think as we currently sit in mid-August, uh, this has been Carolina's race to lose for some time. It's just been a matter of hey, when is he actually going to come off the board? And it turns out he's doing so right before uh, his season gets going. Yeah, interesting. Now, one of the questions is. Obviously, he of these two receivers, he's committing second. Conception is considering uh, is committing first. If if Conception commits to Carolina, is there a world in which now uh, Billups would become the fourth receiver in this class? Does that give him pause or hesitation? I don't think so. I, I do believe Carolina, with these guys having decisions so close to one another, you would imagine that this has been vetted communicated and, and and been extended from the coaching staff to these different prospects uh, at receiver. It's one of those spots where it's not as much looking over your shoulder as it is 
at let's say quarterback where most schools bring in one and if you bring in two it's like a ton of drama that comes <laughs> with it yeah. that's not the case for receivers we know especially at carolina three four even five can be on the field at the very same time so it's not the same type of okay. you know hey i'm looking around and seeing if they're bringing in another receivers kind of deal as as other positions uh could demonstrate so yeah i think there's a scenario where carolina takes four they're still under what 20 verbal commitments at this point it yeah. does feel like there's still room to take more commitments in this class without, you know, too much drama going forward. And again, this has been Carolina's race to lose on top of that. So I do think if there was some friction here, I think that would be have, have changed at some point where other schools would feel better about their chances. Okay, so that's good news for the Carolina faithful listening in. Sounds like whatever happens with Concepcion, that's like cherry on top of the ice cream. Billups should, should, should. <laughs> Emphasis on should be a Tar Heel when we hear his commitment next Wednesday, August 24th. Now, we, we look at this three, potentially four-person wide receiver group at this point, and, and I know people make such a big deal, John, about the stars, and this guy's five and four and three. How Like, throw, throw the stars away. Just look at these names. Who, who of this group between... Um, Christian Hamilton, Chris Culliver, and these two guys, KC and Billups, who excites you the most? You know, I know we've talked in the past about floor versus ceiling and those kind of things. How do you shake out these four guys? I mean, Culliver's kind of the unicorn in the group, right? Six foot three, 185 pounds or so, ultra productive at that size. You know, so I think physically he's sort of the most unique of this group. You know, I think uh, Hamilton... KC and Billups are all closer to that six foot 180 range. So I think from a frame perspective, Culliver gets like his own category yeah. and his own uniqueness in that regard. But yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities between these other three wide receivers, not only in size, but in their game, even with the two guys that haven't committed, you know, KC's got, he got this kind of all around game, but he's really good after the catch as well. He's just a little bit more physical and deliberate with it compared to Billups, who's a little more smooth and finesse with his uh, ability after the catch. So I think these guys could eventually complement one another. And, and yeah, like you, I'm not, I'm not into the the star game as as much. <laughs> uh, I do think you know Hamilton is is maybe the most explosive. Him and uh, Billups. Uh, just from a pure torque standpoint, yeah. but Culliver's big, physical, interesting, and then obviously KC's got a bit of all of that in his own game. So these guys could end up complementing one another down the line should they all end up in Chapel Hill for good. So it's it's certainly a good problem to have that we're even having a discussion on. You know who's who's the best one of of this bunch. I think it really depends on how you define what what a great wide receiver is. If it's floor versus ceiling, if it's overall polish, if it's pure playmaking ability and explosiveness, you could start getting different answers for different uh, categories between these four. Man, that makes so much sense. And really, I think the biggest win is exactly what you're saying. It sounds like there's a good mix of slot, possession, guys that can flex outside and back in, and uh, the way they can maybe be a little bit interchangeable and have some good variety to their game. And I'm sure offensive coordinator Phil Longo is very excited about all those possibilities. However, let's switch to the other side of the ball because we have another commitment today, Friday, August 19th, on the defensive line, and that is Mr. Joshua Horton coming out of my home state of Georgia. 
so, John, I know we've got several other, uh, f- like, four defensive linemen at, at various positions. Are the Tar Heels going to add a fifth defensive lineman to their Jordan class today? I think they probably will. This is a kid who, right when he set his commitment date, you're like, oh, this is great news for Carolina right off the top. Um, You know, we hadn't heard a whole lot of Auburn buzz in the recruitment. I think they got maybe the first or second official visit. And then the other finalist that Josh put out was was UCF, and no disrespect to, to Gus Malzahn and company, but they haven't been able to recruit at that level where they're <laughs> consistently beating Power 5 programs across the board. Uh, ironically enough, the last time they did it was for defensive tackle and John Walker, uh, but he's an Orlando kid, right? I mean, this is Josh Horton, a Langston Hughes kid, Fairburn, Georgia, where you're extremely familiar, of course, and that's a great program. You know, went to state just last year. They have a bevy of Power 5 guys, you know, committed across – uh, the country at this point. So, you know, that that's something that is a competitive every day in practice and it just kind of leads itself towards the power five. So just in the finalist regard, I think Carolina should feel pretty confident going into this one. We've talked about the bevy of edge rushers on board for UNC, but now this is an interior guy. This yeah. is somebody who can offer you a counter to that long lean edge type presence. So it's a big need in the class as well. And I know that's been communicated uh, between Brown and Gene Chizik and all all the way on down to the positional coaches relative to Josh Wharton. So uh, it's been viewed as sooner the better for Carolina. So as soon as he set the commitment date, I know my brain immediately went to UNC and I've, I've heard nothing to slow me down off of, of that assumption just yet, Isaac. So as, as we're so close to, to that commitment going public uh, I hadn't heard anything to push me off of that mark. So yeah, I'm thinking, Carolina is going to get it done on both sides of the ball today. Boy, that sounds like some great news. As you're hearing, it sounds like Horton is more specifically of an, an interior tackle type guy yeah. and uh, add him to the mix with Joel Starlings, who's already uh, verbally committed to Carolina, and, and that's really good. Now, it's interesting. Carolina had just lost out to Central Florida uh, on a commitment. You and I had been texting about some because it was a, 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 oh, a man, kind of a great. mystery commitment but it's funny we we've got the Malzahn of it all and we've got Central Florida and Auburn in the mix here and so it's uh feels like Carolina might beat out Gus Malzahn on uh two fronts today his former school and his current school now if if Horton's in the mix you've got two kind of more interior guys in this class three edge guys in in Rico Walker Jabron Harvey and Tyler Thompson you feeling good about where that's at at this point or is there another guy or two that you would still want to add I mean you you certainly can't have enough bodies uh, (laughs) along the trenches O-line or D-line but if, if this is closer to the end of that spectrum you got to feel pretty good about it. You've got a starting, you know, if you're a four, three defense, you've got a starting four uh, already within this group. Should Horton yeah. make his verbal commitment, then you've got an additional edge rusher, which you could never have enough <laughs> of on a college football or any level of football type roster. So yeah, I think you start to feel really good about it and, and you've, you've done well in state obviously, but now you're also doing well in states that you just have to recruit. Well, if you're North Carolina, yeah. you've got to recruit the state of Georgia. That's just a must 
uh, for any team in, in that part of the country. When you start to go out of state, you go Tennessee, you go to the state of Georgia, and we, we've seen Carolina make big impacts in each of those states in this class uh, and, and really always uh, when they're uh, recruiting very, very well. So I think in that regard, you, you feel really good about where the class is right now. But, yeah, you're not going to turn away a, a big-time prospect. If Jamal Jarrett comes and say, hey, you know, <laughs> I want to go back to campus one more time, you, you're not going to say no to that. But when you start thinking of the pecking order, you do feel good about where, where your D-line class stands at right now, particularly with those pass rushers. And now you're you're complimenting them with some big guys that are a little bit more equipped to deal with uh, the bigger guys on the offensive line. Yeah. And that brings up very quickly, just in our, our last couple minutes here, one, one of the guys that Carolina had felt really good about for a while, and now maybe not so much on this same side of the ball, is David Hobbs. Where Any updates on that? I know last time we had talked about um, him going to, to Alabama that weekend, and then Georgia's in the mix now. Uh, I, I've heard some rumblings that Clemson either has offered or might offer, and so it's like... Uh, once you get to those perennial CFP teams, you got to kind of feel like uh, your, your day is done with that. Is that is that accurate to say, John? Yeah, look, I think if he was committing today, it would be Carolina. But now he's definitely not committing today. He's been pushing <laughs> back his recruitment. And like we said, the, the last we had heard was Bama was going to bring him in on campus. The offer was was in hand at, at that point. Uh, and now there are reports, like you said, that he's taking a bunch of visits in the season. He will be back at Alabama. He will go visit Georgia before all is said and done. So now this has become kind of a new recruitment, you know, one that you have to kind of win all over again from that Carolina perspective. Now, there are tentative plans to get back to Chapel Hill for a game as well. So you're, it's not like you're out of the race and you're still probably again today at the forefront of it. But, yeah, if you're if you're a defensive prospect who has – Georgia and Alabama on the radar it's it's something you understandably have got to vet and that's something that obviously uh, he is doing at this point but yeah it's certainly a recruitment that we thought was going to end in August he had the date set all that stuff and I think that was going to be Carolina's race pretty easily at that point but once he pushed it back went back to Bama got the offer now is setting more visits this thing's going to go potentially all the way you know closer to national signing day in December and I think that's something that it could be good for Carolina if you win it, but obviously the likelihood of that is is decreasing because of the addition of of multiple contenders that can can obviously hold their own and pull their own weight uh, with recruiting really any position, but certainly any defensive position uh, in particular. So uh, you still got to contend, you still got to push in, in that regard. So we'll see where the chips fall when he is ready to make a decision. But yeah, I think right now that's it's, it's going to be a wide open recruitment that Carolina is going to have to counter and, and try to stick in all the way into the end but if you win it in the end it would be more satisfying so there is yeah. some silver lining in that regard yeah okay that's great so thankfully and hopefully with horton's commitment assuming that happens carolina will have five in the mix but as you said you're never going to turn down uh any talent along the trenches especially a guy of david hobbs capability and athleticism so thank you for all that insight john excited to see how that recruitment continues to unfold and i'm sure we'll talk about it more as it goes on john garcia jr as always great stuff thank you so much for joining us hope you have a great weekend the last weekend without college football Ooh, amen on that one brother
Big thanks as always to John Garcia Jr. for joining us today. And that does it for this episode and this week of Locked on Tar Heels. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, coming up next week, it is game week for Carolina football. I can't believe we're here already going to have all sorts of great stuff there. For those of you who have been joining in, if you're not already subscribed, why not? Go ahead, do it right now. Simple, quick, and easy. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Heels. You can follow John Garcia on Twitter at Garcia Locked On. And you can follow me simply at my name at Isaac Shade. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen today. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. Well, I hope that you all have a great weekend. And man, can't wait to talk to you next week on Monday. But as for now, I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a target. Until next week, peace. <laughs>